Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Tell Anyone, the podcast where we talk about personal topics and do deep dives on different topics, frankly, because there is no way to achieve connectivity without vulnerability. If you're new here, I welcome you with open arms. And if you're not, then thanks for coming back. Today, oh my God, I cannot believe we're going to talk about the things that we're gonna talk about. Today we are discussing all of my thoughts on the different streaming platforms. We're talking about my personal Twitch exclusivity contract. And we're saying some things that I haven't really been able to say for the last four-ish years. And ultimately, we are talking about why I'm not re-signing with Twitch. So, Wow. To give some context, for the last four or five years, streaming platforms have been giving out what we call exclusivity deals, meaning a platform will go to a streamer, typically a pretty well-established streamer, and offer them a minimum guarantee, aka basically a certain amount of money per year to only stream on their platform and not stream anywhere else. Okay. Um, one of the first popular deals that happened like this was with a streaming platform that actually no longer exists called Mixer. Some of you guys might be laughing hearing that term and some of you guys might have never heard of Mixer. But if you haven't, a few years ago, Mixer was a streaming platform created by Microsoft, which launched, signed Shroud, Ninja and some other streamers for huge, huge, huge deals. And the platform could barely stay established for a few months or even a year, ended up shutting down and ended up canceling all of their contracts, the platform in its entirety. Some people still discuss whether or not the streamers got paid out in their entirety. And I think that they did, but this is all to say that, yeah, for the last four or five years, these exclusivity contracts have been happening. I'm sure you guys know a lot of streamers who have done them, including myself. But what is really in these contracts? Why did they exist? And why are they becoming more and more rare? Or frankly, if you didn't already know, they're almost not a thing anymore. First, let's break down how these contracts work. And most of the platforms that have given exclusivity deals are Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Mixer, and Kick. I actually, I don't know if Kick does exclusive, but regardless, I can only really speak to my contract. And of course, um, there might be certain details that I have to cut out because legal and my managers literally tell me to, but I will tell you guys the things that are that either one I can say or two have already kind of been leaked, but maybe not everybody knows. So within these contracts, usually you have to stream X amount of hours. And that amount of hours could range from 70 hours to 160 to even maybe more. And each streamer has a different amount of hours that they need to stream in order to fulfill their contractual, con contractual, <laughs> contractual obligations. Interestingly enough, the amount of hours that you stream does not correlate to the amount of money that you get paid out. 
Actually, when you sign an exclusivity deal, the amount of hours that they tell you to stream is correlated to how much you stream in a month historically. So for example, the amount of hours that I've had to stream is very, very different from let's say a friend of mine, Myth, who streams a lot more than me. So when he signed an exclusivity deal, he's probably streaming twice as many hours. That doesn't mean he's getting paid twice as much. I mean, he might be. (laughs) But that's how they choose the amount of hours. You also usually have to run a certain amount of ads per hour. And sometimes you have to go to certain um, company-related events, whether that's TwitchCon or YouTube holds events or what have you. So there might be these other details within the contract that you might also have to abide by. This is why you often hear streamers talk about, oh, I need to stream, I need to quote-unquote hit my hours. That typically means that they have an exclusivity deal and they are trying to fulfill however many hours that they need to stream in a month. I want to preface by saying These are great deals, and I am so insanely grateful to have had the opportunity to have not one, but two of these deals, and my deals personally were two-year deals. And I feel so lucky also because your contract does not rely on viewership. You're not getting paid more or less depending on how many viewers you have, which is really, really nice for peace of mind, to be honest. Otherwise, you might be stressing about, oh, am I going to get paid my contractual, contractual, I can't say contractual today. I keep saying, I keep saying contractual. <laughs> Anyways, this is all to say the way that these contracts are made is frankly quite beneficial to the streamer themselves. However, there is a slight downside, which is that I think although these contracts were made in a way that is great for peace of mind, Um, and feeling like you have a safety net in a way, as long as you stream a certain amount of hours, they do kind of put you in this headspace of prioritizing hours streamed versus how good the content that you're streaming actually is, or putting effort into other platforms or doing other things or venturing outside of simply the sphere of streaming, aka in some ways it forces you to put all your eggs in a basket. And I have seen with certain streamers, it leads to almost becoming, for lack of a better term, almost like lazy with their content or not feeling as enticed or encouraged or excited to try new things because, hey, I just need to stream 100 hours a month, just those hours. Get on whenever, do whatever, hit a certain amount of hours and log off, which makes it feel or seem a bit more like a nine to five. Not that there's anything wrong with clocking in and out. There really, really isn't. Sometimes it's great to view work or a job in that regard. But I do think when it comes to content in particular, sometimes it ends up taking a bit of that magic or excitement out of it or what might have initially made your content really good once you start seeing it as just hours broadcasted instead of what you're doing. Yeah, your content might change because of that. I feel like there have been instances in the past where I fell victim to this a little bit. I mean, it's hard to say victim because at the end of the day, I'm getting paid and I'm getting paid well. Again, like I am so grateful for the contracts that I've had, but I would love to share some insight and kind of tell you guys honestly 
what that's like. And I think that might also help you better understand the industry as a whole or the way that some people's careers have developed over time as well. So yeah, for me, there were times where I'm like, oh my God, you know, I feel not as excited to stream, but I'm still forcing myself to, to just hit whatever amount of hours. And I mean, hey, I mean, we've all got work to do. We've all got bills to pay. That's just kind of how life and having a job is. Um, but unfortunately, burnout when it comes to content is a little bit different than burnout perhaps in other forms of employment because I think when your audience sees that you're not as excited about what you're doing, that makes them a lot less excited too. And they can for sure catch on to that kind of energy. And some of the first streamers to ever, ever sign contracts, and I'm actually not even talking like four years ago, I'm talking like six years ago, I think they especially ended up feeling this way. And as a viewer of theirs, I also noticed that when their streams revolved around just how many hours they were streaming, that led to them not enjoying it as much. Ultimately, I just wanted to mention that because it might be some interesting perspective for you guys. To be honest, um, the first time that I signed a two-year deal with Twitch, I was so anal about hitting my hours. <laughs> I kept a spreadsheet. I logged everything. I was always checking to make sure that, you know, I'm optimizing and I'm getting paid properly and blah, 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 blah. And then at some point I realized, wow, 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 this is really taking the love of it all out of it. And so I tried to experiment with different ways um, of still being you know, a little bit more lenient with myself, but still working as hard as I could. And honestly, over the last year, although I have still had an exclusive contract with Twitch, I made a YouTube video about a year ago just talking about why um, I haven't felt the same way about streaming and that I was going to open myself up to trying new things. Oh my God, look at this podcast. I kind of manifested it. Uh, but yes, over the last year, I've been doing a lot of different things and frankly, missing out on a lot of money that I could be making. But that is 100% a choice that I'm making for myself, for my happiness and for my long term career growth. So I'm trying to figure out how much might be interesting for me to share in regards to that decision making. But all in all, I think you guys get what I'm saying. Putting all of your eggs in one basket isn't always great, especially once you start seeing maybe that basket isn't doing as well as it was before. But we'll get into that a bit later. Let me just talk about why I'm not resigning with Twitch, okay? And let's just start with something very important right off the bat, okay? It would be, <laughs> I would be remiss not to mention the fact that it's clear to many people, Twitch as a company is not very profitable. And when I say not very profitable, I mean not profitable at all. And their CEO has been very transparent about this. Even though they're owned by Amazon, they still have a very hard time actually making money off of the platform because it costs so much to run. I know they had a lot of employees, although unfortunately they had a lot of layoffs recently too. All in all, they haven't found a path to profitability. And so 
four years into doing exclusive deals and spending millions on retaining content creators, they've decided to pivot to basically not doing any deals at all that are lucrative, at least. So they don't really do like exclusivity deals where they're just paying people to only stream on the platform. I could have potentially, I think, re-signed with them exclusively and had some other bonuses, whether that's better sub rates or better ad rates, or, you know, we will pay you this amount if you do X, Y, Z. But very different numbers and very different details than the typical exclusivity deals. However, frankly, months ago, I'd already personally decided I don't want to re-sign with Twitch and I don't want to sign exclusively with any streaming platform, okay? It's time for me to be free as a bird. And frankly, if I were to tell you guys why, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I don't know where to start, but we're going to get through it one thing at a time. For starters, don't you guys think it's just time for me to be free? You know, it's like when you're in, oh God, I hate to compare it to this, but I do sometimes feel like I've been in a long-term committed but toxic relationship with not Twitch as a company, but Twitch streaming and sometimes like the industry as a whole. And I feel like it's just time for me to explore new avenues, okay? So we talked about point number one, which is that the deals aren't even like they were before, okay? But the emotional and personal reasons for why I didn't want to re-sign with them and I don't want to sign with anyone else is just that I don't feel the same way about Twitch and Twitch streaming that I did eight years ago or four years ago or maybe even two years ago. Um, Part of that is, as I said in my, hey, I'm going to explore new things, what's next for me kind of YouTube video. I feel like I've been there, done that with the majority of Twitch related things and I'm someone who gets very excited about stuff, who loves to work hard, who loves to burn herself out, stupid. Um, But mainly when I am really excited about something and oftentimes that is something new. And I just don't see the Twitch scene developing more or at least developing in the direction that I would like for it to. I think for many, many, many years it did, namely the Fortnite era and the Among Us era. Throughout almost my whole Twitch career, I was so excited to see streaming and Twitch streaming in particular become more and more mainstream. And I loved seeing that development year over year. And even though there were some things within the industry that I really didn't like, I kept thinking to myself, It's okay because we're going to grow out of it. It's okay because things are improving and getting better with time. And they did and they did and they did until COVID happened and the industry really boomed. And frankly, it (laughs) became a little bit overvalued because during the pandemic, everybody was at home. So many more people were watching live streams that the valuation for Twitch-related things, including these contracts that streamers were getting, like myself, they were becoming a little bit overvalued. And now 
Mm, honestly, all of these industries have gone down, 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 down since that time. And so the valuations are adjusting a lot. But for me, it's not just about the money or the valuations. For me, what really sucked was I feel like I saw the scene and the industry grow in the direction that I really wanted it to. And during the pandemic, there were so many people watching streaming and caring about games. There were so many more girls. There was such diversity in the demographic. And I felt so much more seen and heard. And I was like, wow, this is what I've always wanted for streaming. And if you see Twitch and streaming nowadays, it's really almost nothing like how it was back then. Or frankly, I feel like it has regressed a lot. And I think that's the biggest reason why I have a hard time wanting to devote all of my time and all of my energy to just streaming. I was like, if right now, today, it was like how it was during the pandemic, I would still probably be streaming full time and be so excited about all of it. But I'm going to say something that might get me in some trouble, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's how I feel. So, or at least this is my personal perspective and my personal experience with the industry. So as I said, I thought it progressed and got so much better and cooler throughout the pandemic. And there was such an influx of different communities and it being more mainstream and more understood and blah, 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 blah. But for the last couple of years, um, is it just me Or yeah, do you guys also feel like it has regressed a lot? And especially with the rise of so much manosphere, red pill, bullshit, I feel like that stuff has flourished within the male-dominated live streaming sphere of things. And I mean, I can't be surprised, right? It's the online demographic that skews male the most. So of course, Menosphere stuff would kind of quote unquote perform better there. And you guys already know who and what I'm talking about. Okay, don't make me get into the details. But it was just really disappointing to see this community and industry that I have so much love for relish almost in this shit. And so many of the things that I see like figureheads of my industry, the most popular and well-established, typically male creators, some of the stuff I see them say and do breaks my heart. And it's hard for me to exist in an industry and community and watch that shit happen and act like it's no big deal. And, And to see it be normalized, the kind of bigotry and shit spewing and just so much stuff that I frankly, frankly, like, I just don't agree with it. And I know you're going to say, okay, well, don't just sit there, you know, speak against it. You know, I do that enough as it is. And to be honest with you guys, a lot of my friends or people that I know feel similarly to me, but they don't speak out against it because it's hard to. Why are you going to speak against someone with dozens of thousands of followers and stands that are going to go against you and shit down your throat? Like, it's like, it's almost like there's no point expressing your opinion to people 
that you're never going to change anyways, you know? And frankly, a lot of them are prepubescent little boys that just need to go through puberty and then they'll figure it out. You know, like, I don't want that demographic. I don't want to take responsibility for them. But it's also, it hurts my brain to see other streamers almost put such bad ideas into their minds. Anyways, all in all, this is just to say there are a lot of things within this community and industry that I don't agree with. And as someone who has been fortunate enough to grow my personal follower, followership? I don't know what to call it. My personal communities on many, many different platforms, I find myself enjoying my time nowadays a lot more on these other platforms than on Twitch because of a lot of these reasons. And that really sucks to say because I still love Twitch so much. Like I have so much love for, oh, I love gaming. I'm going to be gaming until I'm literally 80 in a rocking chair playing TFT on my phone. Like I will forever have so much love for gaming. But yeah, Twitch and streaming and the surrounding communities around that, that is to me, not the sole representation of gaming. And that becomes very clear once you go to maybe YouTube and see all of these amazing Let's Plays or other live streamers, or you go to TikTok and you see so much cute, cozy gaming content or other kinds of gaming content. Like there's, it seems like there's this plethora of people who have similar interests as me and they're just not all on Twitch. And it sucks to feel like, oh, I cannot reach these people that I would love to have in my community if I remain on Twitch. Part of me really wanted to structure this whole thing, but I think I'm just going to spitball it because I have so many thoughts and feelings that I think it'll make sense if I just get to vent about it all, <laughs> all right? Um, I think another thing that I didn't love about this industry is I felt like I got to the point where I started feeling like, especially post-pandemic and it going back to feeling very, very male-dominated, I felt like, wow, um, again, I'm someone who is very much an optimizer. I love analytics. I love data. I love thinking like that. You know, I studied engineering. That's just how my brain works. And sometimes I wish it didn't and I wish it would shut the fuck up but that's how it works. But maybe that's interesting for you guys to hear because I have a typically more business-minded mindset than most. Uh, but yeah, I started feeling like one of the only ways to be successful in this industry or become more successful in this industry is to appeal to more guys. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I love men, okay? There are a lot of great men but we both know some of the guys in this industry, not so great. <laughs> and frankly, I feel like at this point in my career, if you're a girly pop and you're on Twitch, you know me and I love you, you know? And so I'm not going to grow by maybe doing some of the things that I want to do. I can only grow by appealing perhaps more to the guys left in the industry. And I don't really want to do that because some of them I don't really agree with. <laughs> Please don't assume anything by what I'm saying aside from what I'm saying. Oh God. But don't assume that what you think I'm saying is what I'm actually saying. 
Am I saying what I mean to say? Whatever. So <laughs> I just didn't love that idea and I saw it very frequently. It started feeling like a limitation, okay? Maybe a better way to say this is that I felt like I hit my saturation point on Twitch. Like if you're on Twitch or in the streaming Twitch bubble, you know me. And if you fuck with me, you're, you probably follow me or watch my stuff, which I appreciate so much and I fuck with you too. And if you don't, you probably hate my guts and don't wipe your ass. <laughs> Maybe you wipe your ass, but I feel like you probably don't. That's just my personal opinion. Anyways. And if you don't like me, like you just don't like me, right? But I'm not going to continue and further my career by staying on Twitch. The only way that I can grow my viewership on Twitch is by streaming more or appealing to people that I might not want to appeal to. That's how I started personally feeling. I don't ever want to come off as though me talking about some of these downsides equals me not being grateful. I think we should leave room for ourselves and others to be able to do both of those things, okay? We can talk about the downsides of something without necessarily being ungrateful for it. So I want to preface with my gratitude, especially the financial security that those contracts brought me, especially the status that those contracts brought me, um, and the ways that it has helped my career. Those are all great, great, great. However, there have been some downsides to becoming the quote-unquote Twitch girl, which this exclusivity contract has kind of made me. So yes, it has helped me in a lot of ways, but you know, being the Twitch girl or being the face of Twitch, which I don't feel I am, but some people might describe me as, I would say, you know, one of the faces of Twitch. There have been lots of great upsides to that, but so many downsides. For starters, there are a lot of Twitch-related things that I just don't agree with. I don't. And we'll get into that. One, it was sometimes hard to speak out against these things. But two, I felt like because some people hated Twitch, they hated me because I represented Twitch. But me and Twitch, hello, were two separate things. <laughs> so, wow, did I feel like I got a lot of hate. And hey, this is not to say, oh my God, all the hate that I get is undeserved. No, I say some shit and people don't like the shit. That just is what it is. But I did very much feel like the tone that people came at me with, the energy that people came at me with, um, and the way that people viewed me, a lot of that was because I was dubbed the Twitch girl and because of my affiliation with Twitch. And I'm so sorry we're breaking up now. I'm gonna still be on sometimes though, but you know. <laughs> but yes, me and Twitch, we are not the same thing, okay? They are a whole ass corporation and I am just a girly pop trying to live another day. So let's talk about all of the things that I disagree with Twitch on. Woo! Woo! And I have been outspoken about like the very, very important things in the past, but frankly, I just haven't really like dogpiled on Twitch because one, enough people do that shit. And two, well, I had a contract with them and I did not want them to be mad, but they could be mad now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I know there's going to be Twitch people listening to this. I still have love for you guys. I'm just trying to be a little bit more honest and be more myself and talk about some stuff. Okay. Now that I can. Let's start with Twitch 
as a company is respectfully really messy. <laughs> Y'all are messy and it's okay. I'm a little messy too. But Twitch is really, really, really messy. Let's just start with, you guys saw that stuff a couple or a few weeks ago where like they made nudity not against terms of service or maybe artistic nudity wasn't against the terms of service. And I'm not saying that that was a good or bad decision. I don't even know enough of the details to have an opinion. But my point is more so they allowed something in the terms of service, which kind of then blew up in their faces. And then they retracted that like a week later. And I feel like these kinds of changes and even the way that they go about expressing the, their changes to their terms of service, messy, messy, messy. They'd be tweeting shit and then deleting it and then correcting and then retweeting and then they make a change and then take it back and then do a backflip and then do a si sideways cartwheel. How are you guys going through these processes? Me no comprendo. Like, is there not, is there not an infrastructure and I get it, you used to be maybe like a smaller company, but you've been a corporation for a minute and now you're owned by Amazon. And again, as someone who was very, very closely affiliated with Twitch, just my personal opinion, I'm not leaking anything by saying this, I feel like although Amazon funds Twitch, Sometimes I wish that they were doing a little bit more for the general infrastructure of Twitch as well as Twitch's PR. Um, like the way that Twitch comports itself and is seen publicly. And frankly, I feel like Amazon must have insane pull and networking capabilities. Why don't you position Twitch as a cooler company? Why don't you put it in more mainstream eyes instead of kind of having it the way that it is? I don't know. That's my personal take. I'm sure there might be reasons, but I, throughout my contracts, would always beg Twitch to do certain things and they wouldn't, or to help me make certain things happen on Twitch and they couldn't. Why? Couldn't tell you, but it's depressing to see. And I personally am done with Twitch's messy behavior in the sense that I'm not done with Twitch, but I'm done with like being emotionally invested in the changes that this company is doing. Because you know what? Maybe they're still figuring it the frick out. I don't know. And yes, this does include Twitch bans and Twitch partnerships. Okay. Twitch partners and bans people by a process that has many, many, many errors. And I will give them the benefit of the doubt that, hey, humans run that company and human error exists, right? But sometimes it feels like even when something becomes evidently clear that it is wrong, it still takes them a hot ass minute to do anything about it. You have people with incredible viewership getting declined partnership over and over and over and over and over. And you have people with respectfully, perhaps viewership that does not meet the guidelines required for partnership, getting partnered without doing anything. And it just makes you go, hmm, what's going on up in there? I have heard some stories, maybe for another day. Also, Twitch bans. I'm sure a lot of people 
want me to talk a little bit more about this, so let's. Twitch bans can also be all over the fucking place. Yep, it's true. Why? Again, probably human error. You have different people looking at the same problem and this person goes, yeah, no, I think that's worth a ban. And someone else goes, yeah, no, I don't. Is that okay? No, because at the end of the day, who loses out? The creator. At the very least, I think in instances where you're like, hey, one for one, maybe if this is not okay, maybe it shouldn't be okay across the board. Maybe people at Twitch should do something about that. But I will also say this doesn't apply to dumb shit, okay? I know someone stupid out there is going to be like, one time you showed a wee wee accidentally on stream. Why didn't you get banned? But someone else showed a wee wee and they got banned. Probably because it's their 20th time showing a wee wee on stream. And I accidentally did it once by clicking a link that I shouldn't have clicked. <laughs> shit happens. Wee-wees happen, but also the rate at which the wee-wee happens also matters. Okay, so some of you guys, when you talk about Twitch bans, you do it kind of stupidly, but is there a point there underlying somewhere? Maybe. All right, yes, there is. And I know some of you guys are going to ask, oh my god, the Jideon ban, la 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 la. Listen, Jideon hate rated, is that even how you say his name? Jideon. Jideon. Sorry, I mispronounced it. <laughs> He hate rated me like two years ago. I don't even know when. And he got banned for that hate raid. And if you, if you guys don't know what a hate raid is, it's when you send all of your viewers to someone else's stream to shit on them. So, you know, I had his whole audience shitting on me while I was playing Valorant. Okay, I, I literally did nothing, minding my own business, gaming with my friends. And all of his viewers were, you know, not saying the nicest things. I will say, though, he apologized. Me and him cleared the air. We have no beef. We've even texted recently. Like, all is well between us, okay? But some people are going to say, um, okay, for starters, for those who are saying, you got him banned. He did the thing. Respectfully, he got himself banned. Um, but I... Personally, at this point, I don't care if he gets unbanned. I am not telling Twitch to um, keep him banned. I'm not doing any of that. So if he got unbanned, I wouldn't be upset about it at all. But again, Twitch works by some magic that I don't understand also. Genuinely, I don't. Why haven't they unbanned him? I don't know. Who makes these decisions? I don't know. <laughs> it gets a little kooky crazy. I wish I could tell you guys more, but I think the most I could tell you guys is for these huge creators, I think these decisions are made on a higher executive level. Like they have a different group of people that they ask about these things, maybe even the CEO before they make a decision. But for other creators, it's probably just handled by some kind of Twitch moderation like some employee at twitch who's like oh this is against the terms of service and this isn't and that's maybe why you see inconsistency okay i think we've talked about that enough ultimately i am again i just disagree with twitch on a lot of the things that they do a lot of the things that they allow a lot of the ways that they comport themselves as a company and how they establish the community that they have but I still have a lot of love for 
the employees there. I think a lot of people there are just doing their best and I get it. Um, I will also say that at the end of the day, Twitch is a company, okay? It is a company that obviously its primary goal is to make money. And therefore, its primary goal is not aligned with what my primary goal is, which for me, I care a lot more about like quality of viewership, diversity of viewership, um, safety for content creators. Their priority is making money. My priority is making a cool, safe environment and community for many, many, many people. I think there are a lot of problems that minorities on Twitch still face and that I wish they could do more about. I do think they try and I appreciate that a ton. I really do give them credit for that. But girl, it's 2024. We still got so many of these damn problems. Like when I tell you there are people, viewers on Twitch who harass and stalk streamers to no end, who have made thousands of accounts thousands of accounts and you can send this information for years to twitch they can't do a thing about it they're not gonna do a thing about it because they don't do ip bans and yeah what more can you do and every single time that i go to twitch hq i tell them the same fucking stuff the same stuff for four years (laughs) and they will make a small advancement here and there god bless them for that But at this point in my life and career and with my accessibility to so many different platforms, sometimes I just look at Twitch and I'm like, why would you be my platform of choice if I got options? I got options. No, I'm kidding. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I still loved them. Love them. And love them for what we've done and accomplished together. And I am, don't you haters think I'm leaving? I'm always going to be a part of this damn here community. And I will always be striving for and encouraging the things that I believe in. And I'm always have a big ass mouth, a blah, 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 blah. That's why I got a podcast. But I'll just be spreading myself out a little bit. And I am so excited to, for the first time ever, stream on YouTube, stream on TikTok, stream on Instagram. I could literally sit on Instagram and talk shit for an hour now. And I've never been able to do that before. Can you believe that? I've never ever been able to do that before. I could only do like maybe a five minute stream before my Twitch streams. But aside from that, I was contractually and legally not allowed to do that. <laughs> um, Quick side note, there was something absolutely batshit crazy that, that, that happened with a Twitch employee that I haven't fully publicized yet. Uh, but now that my contract is over, I am considering doing that in another soon podcast episode. But I didn't talk about it at the time, frankly, because I feel like Twitch gets enough negative PR and I didn't want to add to that. And again, you know, I had a close working relationship with them and it just didn't feel like the right time. But now that it happened a while ago, It's a wild story, but it would make for a good story. I want to end this specific section with one little thing, and then we're going to move on to talking about other platforms and, you know, what's in the future for me. Before I end, I just want to ultimately say (laughs) a lot of Twitch-related stuff is corny, okay? It's corny, 
and it's horny. Like those are two of the primary adjectives I would use to describe a lot of the shit that I don't agree with that I see in this industry. And this is coming from a Twitch streamer, right? Well, not exclusive for long. And that's one of the reasons that I don't want to be exclusive with Twitch anymore. Like it's corny. Like I cannot believe people are saying this stuff and it's normalized. Bigotry, corny. Sexism, corny. And it's horny. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being horny. We're all human beings. But some of the ways that people go about it, really makes me want to question things and some of the ways people project this horniness onto you me no gusta okay just putting that out there (laughs) i think that's all at least for today i could really say about twitch you guys kind of get my general feelings i just want to reiterate (laughs) i know it might sound crazy for me to kind of talk shit but also be like very grateful though, but that's genuinely how I feel. Like I'm so grateful for the time that I've spent on Twitch, exclusively with Twitch. I really am talking about this like it was a relationship, but in a lot of ways it was. And now we're breaking up. Love you still though, in a way, but if you love me, you gotta set me free. And if I love you that much, I might come back, I don't know. Ultimately, really appreciative for the things it's done for me. Um, the ways it's benefited me, the ways that we've, we really have made a big difference on the Twitch community. There are so many more female streamers. There is still more diversity. Not as much as there was during the pandemic, but it's okay. Um, I am still so proud of, of like those advancements and those feats and those accomplishments. Hell yeah, fucking right. Okay. But there are a lot of things that I don't really agree with and that I don't love. And I think it's okay for me to share my opinion in regards to that. And if you disagree, that's okay too. That's what an opinion is. So now let's talk about my thoughts on all the other streaming platforms. My unfiltered, honest thoughts after talking about Twitch, right? Let's talk about YouTube. One of the things that I like more about YouTube than Twitch is that on YouTube, it feels like you're streaming to your community. Whereas on Twitch, yes, you are streaming to your community, but once you become a larger streamer, the way that Twitch works is channels are shown typically based on viewership. So if you have a decent amount of viewers, like I'm very grateful to, you have so many random shitty people coming into your stream who like, If you don't follow me, you don't watch my shit. Why are you here? Oh, because I saw you had this many viewers and I wanted to come in. I wish I could be hidden to those people. Like on YouTube, someone probably isn't going to be showing your stream unless like algorithmically they might like it. But on Twitch, there's just such a huge audience of people that I don't fuck with and that don't fuck with me, but they see my stream being up there lively and popping. So they're all up in my chat talking shit. And I'm like, I don't want you to be here. Like you're ruining the vibes. You're ruining the party. I kind of forgot to mention this in my Twitch section, but yeah, I really, I don't like the amount of harassment and dumb shit that people do in Twitch chats. And I'm sure they do it on other platforms. I just think it's not to the same degree because those other platforms The categories aren't built in the same way and your stream isn't shown to people exactly in that same way. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, on YouTube, it's more like you're on an island. 
It's just your island with your people. And there is that upside of, well, it's just my people. It'll be like more fun, less random shitty folks. But there is that downside of, mm, let's say a game is really popular in a certain category on Twitch. You might get more viewers because they're just interested in that game. And so they're looking at that game category. But on YouTube, you don't really have game categories. And so there can be hype around games, but that funneling of viewerships doesn't occur in the same way. And again, that funneling, there's benefits. You can get more viewers when a game is hype or something cool is going on, but that funneling can also be negative. You can be funneled a lot of toxic viewers, right? But I can't say for certain which platform I would like more if I've never streamed on YouTube yet. Am I right? So I'm very excited to try it. Very, very curious. And I've also heard that on YouTube, it's more like um, a revolving door, like at a hotel, like there's always people coming in and out. So you'll get a lot more messages of like, hi, love your stuff, big fan, like throughout your whole stream. Whereas on Twitch, you're only really going to see highs and hellos like at the beginning of the stream because everybody's coming in. And then it feels like you're spending four, five, six, seven, eight hours with that whole group of people and then everybody leaves. But I hear on YouTube, it's like people just coming in and out a lot faster. I think YouTube developed their live streaming tool a lot better. And I think you can have fun and great streams, especially great events on YouTube. I think it's great for that. And I am really curious how the live streaming algorithm works and if it does really showcase you to new audiences or not. However, I think a huge downside to YouTube live streaming is that it's just not great for anyone who isn't established. Like if you are just trying to make it as a streamer or grow a community, you're probably not going to do that through YouTube live streaming. If you have a platform, it can grow, but you already have to be established in some way. You have to have already posted a lot of videos. Like YouTube in and of itself will never be for live streamers because they are a VOD first platform. They prioritize their videos. Can they have good live streaming capabilities and tools? Yes. But those tools and capabilities and that community will never be like it is on Twitch because Twitch prioritizes live streaming. That's all it does. And it has a certain feeling of community that YouTube just doesn't. Why do you think YouTube had to sign so many Twitch streamers? And why do you think these streamers who then became YouTube streamers are still so involved in the Twitch community? Because the Twitch community is synonymous with the streaming community. There isn't like really a YouTube streaming community. And even the biggest YouTube live streamer will never, like they'll never even probably be like 10% of the biggest YouTuber in terms of viewers, sorry, in terms of viewership on their videos. Like a video first YouTuber will always be bigger than a live stream YouTuber. You get what I'm saying? I think you get what I'm saying. I'm hitting that point where I'm like losing brain juice because I've been talking. <gasps> I've been talking for an hour? How? Oh my God, when did this happen? Okay, okay, I should speed run. Oh my God, I thought this was going to be a 30 minute video. God, can I yap? It's almost impressive. <laughs>
Oh, I also do want to say, I think YouTube went about choosing which streamers to sign exclusively really, really well. I think they were really smart in choosing creators that hit a certain tone and community that I think is really great. Like I, I love all of the YouTube streamers and I think they have, frankly, much more positive and well-rounded communities than you, than you tend to see on Twitch. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so yeah, I do think they went about that really well. Facebook streaming, it's just, it's just probably never going to work for any Western stream. <laughs> Facebook streaming is where streamers go to retire or semi-retire before coming back. Hey, slay disguise toast. <laughs> and I think right now Facebook streaming is only really popular in um, Asian countries, maybe like Southeast Asia, which I think is really cool. But I'm like, why can't you guys do that in America? I think that's because Facebook in general is much more popular in those countries. And hey, even me, I can't remember the last time I logged on Facebook. I have a community page manager for Facebook. I don't use Facebook. And so streaming on Facebook is never going to be prevalent to people in a, to like young audiences in America until Facebook is prevalent to young audiences in America. TikTok streaming, I think is surprisingly cool slash interesting slash viable. Um, but it is very different from Twitch live streaming. When you stream on TikTok, you have to do things that are like very, very captivating 24 seven because people on TikTok just have a very, very short attention span. On top of that, it's vertical, not horizontal. I think it can be cool for certain things, but it is also not the same tone or vibe as Twitch streaming, which is like, hey, let's game together for like four or five hours, you know? So yeah, I think it's a bit similar on YouTube in the sense that it's a cool tool within the app, but TikTok is never going to be a live streaming app, so it's live streaming is never going to be better than, again, a platform that is built around that, or TikTok is never really going to be known for live streaming. Actually, that's the one platform that might change my mind, because TikTok just has so much power, you never really know. I'm excited to try streaming there too. Even if it's just like makeup, get ready with me's and stuff. I think that would be so fun. Um, so we did Facebook, TikTok. I think Kick might be the only one left. Yes. Okay. So my thoughts on Kick <laughs> as a streaming platform. I feel like my personal thoughts and feelings towards Kick, Kick streaming, and that platform as a whole, frankly, have been like severely miscategorized. I think people think that I hate it and feel so negatively towards kick streamers and all of this stuff because of all of these clips that are like completely out of context, to be honest, or you only see half of the thing, or maybe my tone leads you to think something. But let me tell you guys what I really think. For starters, I don't feel any type of way towards any individual for choosing to stream on kick. That's their personal decision. How can I judge without knowing all of the details? But me personally, I would not stream on kick because I know that that company as a whole is funded by online crypto gambling websites that are not legal in a lot of countries that in my opinion are kind of shady. And I personally don't want 
to stream somewhere and bring my audience somewhere where they could then potentially be funneled into an addiction. Does this mean Twitch, YouTube, other platforms are perfect? No. Most large corporations have a lot of issues. But I just think I could do more harm to my audience by streaming on Kick than if, if I were to stream on Twitch or anywhere else, comparatively. That's my personal opinion, my personal choice, and what I choose to do with my time. But in general, I don't care what people do. If you want to stream on Kick, if you want to gamble, that's your choice. I make decisions for me, myself, and the influence that I have on my community, that's all that I can do. Yes, I was very outspoken about whether or not gambling should be allowed on Twitch because I personally felt like it should not be allowed on Twitch because there are a lot of regulations around advertising and promoting gambling for good reason, okay? Again, it's because gambling can be very addictive and it can ruin people's lives. So when as a society or as a government, we already set these boundaries like, hey, we won't allow this kind of advertising, let's say, to people under 18 or to people in these categories, or we won't allow this kind of advertising in this way or online, only in person, only when you show your ID, XYZ. There are all these barriers that are in place to reduce the amount of people who fall victim to addiction. And these are good barriers to have so that, you know, you still do give people the choice to gamble if they really want, but you don't make it so easy that so many people are falling prey to then just becoming addicts or to just becoming addicted to gambling. And so that's why I am not in agreement for removing these barriers and making it easier to either gamble or to promote gambling. For me, I just didn't want things to get worse. I hope that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense to you, then I feel like maybe that's a you problem. Anyways, let's talk about the future. So moving forward, I'm going to try streaming on other platforms. How exciting. <laughs> I'm going to try streaming on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and you know, I'm just going to have fun. I want to feel free to participate in whatever seems fun to me. If I want to get on Instagram and talk for 30 minutes, I'm going to do that. If I want to do my makeup on TikTok, I'm going to do that. If I want to host an event on YouTube and live stream it, I'm going to do that. You know, so exciting. But yeah. That's my plan for now, and I just want to be able to partake in different platforms and things either as I see fit or as I find excitement in doing it or as the trends change or whatever suits my community and whatever I see you guys end up enjoying the most, you know? I'm just so excited for this new chapter in my life, and it makes me a little bit emotional and reflective because I've been streaming on Twitch for so long. And part of me thought like, this is just what the rest of my life is going to be. I don't know. Or, you know, you don't know what the next step in your life looks like until you wake up one day and you're like, holy shit, it's here right now. And it also kind of reminds you to enjoy the past steps as you're taking it. 
And so I think I'm going to try really hard to enjoy these next steps as I take them instead of worrying about accomplishing anything in particular or worrying about anything super rigid or what am I going to be called next? And am I going to be a YouTube streamer? Am I going to be a this? Bish, I'm just me. I'm just having fun. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's enjoy this next step together. I welcome you to take it with me. And I thank you so much for listening today. I'm gonna just be honest, I had a lot of fun talking today. That's probably why I talked so much. And um, vulnerably, I hope you enjoyed it too. (laughs) And if you did, I would love it if you followed the podcast on Spotify, on Instagram, on anywhere else so that you can keep up with us. And I really, really love this little community we're building. I just want to mention something real quick. I feel like a part of me has been a bit concerned about like what I should be doing with the podcast similarly to what I just said like instead of just enjoying the moment I'm like do I need to structure it this way does it need to be like this like that and I'm trying really hard to instead of letting my natural self optimize and go 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 and then burn myself out I'm trying really hard to just enjoy these moments enjoy recording focusing on having fun and frankly enjoy the community that we're building because that's the thing that I love the most like everybody that's followed and interacted with the podcast so far you guys are so cool and nice and it makes me really happy and I want to care so much more about community than anything else so just letting you guys know where my head's at with the podcast and why you might see me talk about so many different things. I think the most important thing right now is for me to be consistent because I care a lot about that and I feel like I owe that to you guys and two, to just talk about things that I enjoy talking about and that I feel strongly about. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me on all these fun little journeys. I love showcasing my life to you guys. I love sharing things because I hope they bring value to you in some way or entertainment. When you guys are happy, I'm very happy. I hope to see you in the next one. Take care. Bye.